The good guys win. The police are on your side. God is watching you. Your standard of living will never decline. And everything is going to be just fine. Put that coffee down. Oh, welcome back to the Bullshit Filter. Uh, Ray, I have an apology to make. I, I, I was a bit of a dick last night. Right. Uh, I posted your show notes on the Caesar show. I felt bad. I was up all night. I felt bad that I did that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, the only way to, to grow as a person is to admit and know when you're wrong and move yeah. on from there. So I'm yeah. proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I felt bad. <laughs> I put it down to coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> you know, Which heavy. you currently don't have? No. Well, I have the form of it that it's making me stay in the house with my five-year-old who is driving me fucking oh, crazy. <laughs> Brother, I'm right there with you. I'm ready to Ugh. not hurt anybody, but I think about I fantasize about it. I'm tempted just to like deliberately give <laughs> my family coronavirus. <laughs> just. I mean, they'll, they're young, they'll survive, but maybe they'll leave you alone for a while. Oh, maybe I'll give myself it. I just, I need a, <laughs> I just need a week. In hospital. Doctor, put me away for a couple of weeks. Please. Isolation, please. Can you fake coronavirus room. symptoms right. and get them to put you in an ICU? Oh, yeah. Oh, my lungs. Yeah. Corona me! Oh, fuck. <clears throat> yeah, right. Heather's been uh, snapping. Mm. She's been snappy? She's been snappy? It's a, yes. It's a, I you mean, don't... other words are bitchy, but let's go with snappy. Snappy. Really? Yeah. yeah. This is not, it's not going to end well. <laughs> like no, i know no. dying of this disease is bad all right i know it's bad right but so is staying at home with your family like i mean it's a i do up. it's a toss-up <laughs> well uh let's let's briefly talk yes. about covid we're not going to do another two and a half hours no. about covid like we did last time but uh, 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 on our last show mm-hmm. uh this is 66 by the way on 65 which we recorded on the 24th of March, currently the 2nd of April. Right. Um, at the time, US numbers were quite low. Um, right. And I predicted at the time that I thought within the next few weeks there'd be between twenty to 50,000 American deaths based on what I assumed was an infection rate of somewhere between two and a half to five and a half million. Um, Now the Trump administration itself is saying they're expecting between 100 and 240,000 deaths. And that would be a victory. A win-win. If they can keep it to that. It's a win. come on, 240,000. Come on, baby. Yeah. So it looks like I may have underpredicted that. Um, 
unless Trump's doing this thing where he's like over predict like for the last three months he's been going right. look it's going to be gone tomorrow don't worry about it it's all, all taken he's care of we, we've yeah. taken all the steps right we've taken fabulous steps amazing steps the best people maybe, are telling me maybe now he's trying to oversell right. how bad it's going to be so when it only comes in at 50,000 deaths he's like look I'm a, I'm a fucking genius <laughs> rock star in Australia yeah. Uh, yeah, on the yeah. 24th of March, I said we'd had seven deaths. Um, I predicted somewhere in the vicinity of a 1,000 before we're through. We're only up to about 21, I think, at this stage, and our curve seems to be levelling. Um, right. So, I, you know, that one, we, I may have been wrong. We may have we may have dodged a bullet on that one. But we'll, right. we'll, I mean, not that a 1,000 well, deaths is that big a deal, honestly, in Australia. I mean, it is right. if you're one of them or... I love sure. one, but you know what Family. I'm saying. Like it's exactly. not, yeah. it's not a hundred thousand, but um, yeah. Well, so far in the U.S., this was as of like 20 minutes ago. So who knows? Uh, we we've had 4,074 deaths, and we have 203,000 confirmed cases. But as you and I know, and I won't speak for other countries because uh, I haven't been following them as closely. Uh, America is still we're still hand we're still manufacturing and handing out test kits. So one, that number is obviously going to get bigger because it's spreading. But two, we're still you know trying to get to certain areas and test people. So I'm sure those numbers or low compared to what the reality is, but, you know, you gather information as fast as you can. And I think we have to we have to stop and ponder why China uh, capped it off sort of around 3,300 deaths, uh, 81,500 total cases. China, with a population of one point whatever billion people. <laughs> a lot, see. Uh, the US, true. the USA total cases currently over two hundred thousand. Total deaths nearing five thousand. Yeah. Uh, again, if you want something done, give it to the communists, as we've always <laughs> said on this show. What you don't, who you don't want to give it to, is those preachers who live, who make their living literally by fleecing people weekly uh. in a tent outdoors, and you still encourage them to come together. It's shit like that that's giving us the numbers that we have. I mean, people are still gathering together. It's it's crazy. I watched a video this morning uh, by Nassim Talib. Mm-hmm. Do, uh, do you know Nassim Talib? He's a no. He's an American um, author, lecturer at some college, Nassim Taleb. Uh, he wrote a, a book quite famous in investing circles uh, a right. number of years ago uh, called uh, The Black Swan, 2007. In 2001, mm. he wrote a book called Fooled by Randomness. He's a Lebanese-American guy who's an expert in like risk engineering. How do, how do you minimize risk and how do you, how do you get your head around risk because humans are very bad at, at, at understanding risk? Oh, yes. Our, 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 our brains don't work very well when it comes to establishing risk. Anyway, uh, do, you, do you understand the concept of a black swan and no. when, when it comes to risk scenarios? Okay. So um, I think the story goes that when uh, they first when they first saw a black swan, I think it was in Australia. I think when the British first came here, and they saw black swans, they were like, "Well, mm-hmm. that's that that's not right. Uh, that can't, can't be good. That, well, they, yeah. they're not can't be good. They, that can't be a swan." 
because oh. you don't get black swans. Black swans don't happen. Yeah. Black swans are um, uh, impossible. Can't have a black swan. Right. Swans are always white. For Disney. Uh, right. For Disney? You know, all the Disney in the movies are swan, and never mind, they're always white. The point is, whenever you see one in the movies or literature or whatever, well, let's go with white swans. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they've never seen a black swan before. Um, so it, it basically, uh, I think it was Talib that uh, came up with the idea, uh, the theory of black swan events, basically a metaphor to say that right. something that comes as a huge surprise that you never expected and has a major impact. Um, now, on our investing show last year, we interviewed uh, one of Australia's most successful investors, a guy called Roger Montgomery, and he said, mm-hmm. you know, markets always have a correction. They always have a crash. And often it's generated by a black swan event, something you don't expect. Right. Everything's going along fine and dandy. Everyone's like, oh, this is the greatest boom bull market we've ever had. What uh, They they don't expect a black swan. Like this, no one expects a Spanish Inquisition or a black swan. <laughs> Uh, however, so when this happened, when the when the virus hit, I was like, well, here's mm-hmm. the black swan that Roger predicted last year. Came out of nowhere. We didn't expect it. Collapsed the economy. But yeah. I was watching this video with Taleb, and he was saying, well, this isn't a black swan, really. This is a white swan mm. because we fucking knew one of these things was going to happen. Oh, we should have point. prepared for this. We knew yes. he, in fact, in his book, he said... Uh, one of the things that is going to happen at some point in the future is we're going to be hit by a global viral pandemic that's going to kill millions of people yeah. and and uh, wipe out the economy. So he said, hey, yeah, we, we knew this was going to happen. So it's not a black swan, it's a white swan. Even though most of us didn't think that this yeah. would probably happen, uh, smarter people than us who pay attention uh, right. to things few. other than... You know Netflix uh, series right. and, uh, right. and uh, reality TV and you know <laughs> Avengers True films, crime. right? Yeah. Uh, did know it was coming. And a great, great article by Bill Gates uh, in the Washington Post today, or April first, mm-hmm. your time. He says, uh, <laughs> "Listen, I'm amazed at actually how diplomatic Bill's become in the last twenty years." I remember. When Microsoft was going through the Department of Justice uh, monopoly trials in the year oh, yes. 2000, roughly, I was at working at Microsoft at the time, and you know, Bill didn't handle it well. He, he was a bit like uh, an earlier version of Zuckerberg. Um, Bill basically turned up, and he and you could just see by the look on his face, he was like, "Fuck you guys and the Edge. horses you rode yeah. in on." Right. I'm Bill Motherfucking <laughs> Gates. Uh, you know how dare you drag right. me into this fucking circus? I built this company with my bare hands from nothing. Right. And uh, anyway, he, he he was very sort of abrupt and cold and sneering and sardonic and sarcastic during the day. Right. These days, I see him interviewed a lot, and he's very very diplomatic. Like uh, he's older now. Well, is he a statesman? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's okay. older, and I think he's sort of um, had training or trained himself to be more uh, uh, diplomatic. So anyway, right. you see, my, I saw him interviewed on um, 
uh, who's this CNN gay guy? Uh, oh, uh, Cooper. Yeah, Anderson Cooper. And uh, they say like they're interviewing Billy Gates. You know, should the government have done better, better job? And Bill's like he just smiles and he says, "Well, I, I <laughs> well, yeah. I think it's, I, I, I think there's always room for improvement." <laughs> diplomatic yeah. speak very diplomatic anyway this Washington Post yeah. article he says there's no question the United States missed the opportunity to get ahead of the novel mm. coronavirus but the window for making important decisions hasn't closed Ooh. doesn't say you guys all fucked it up what a bunch right. of dumb cunts I can't believe like I've been fucking warning you about this for years you dumb cunts that's what he right. should have said but, uh, and that would have been emotionally satisfying. But he's here to help and not just rub, rub salt in the wound, I'm would imagining. It would have been satisfying for me to see him yeah. like that. Like, get him. But, yeah. Get him, pal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does sneak it in at the end. Uh, in 2015, I urged world leaders in a TED Talk to prepare for a pandemic the same way they prepare for war, by running simulations to find cracks in the system. Ooh, As we've seen nice. this year, we have a long way to go. Right. Yeah, no kidding. Damn. No shit. Well, I was going to, if I could add to that real quick, there's a, a top White House economics officials have published a study last September saying that, look, there's going to be some kind of pandemic. We don't know the hair, the where's, the who's, the why's or whatever. We don't know if it's going to be bat related, rat related, whatever related. But the point is, if we don't have something, there's going to be 500,000 American deaths. The economy is going to take a four trillion dollar hit that was september of last year and as as far as we can tell and the new york times can tell nothing much was done with that even though you're right there should have been discussions there should have been uh, uh drills to run through but but it seems that nothing happened nothing concrete happened one thing i learned last night is that the obama administration actually wrote a pandemic playbook right. which they completed in 2016 which uh, i've read because somebody mm-hmm. leaked it online, and it was a it was a blow by blow. As here's what you do when uh, when the, when a pandemic breaks out somewhere in the world. Yeah, step one, step one, cut a hole in the box. They had it. <laughs> they had a playbook what? for how to shut the country down quickly. Trump pissed on it. Well, they just they just ignored it because the Obama administration right. wrote it. I gather, and uh, they were like, "Well, fuck that shit. We don't need that. We're better. We're smarter." Right. Turns out they're not, uh, which we knew. Um, yes. You know, I saw a great video. Somebody interviewed Chomsky, who's really starting to look his age. He's going yes. to be. A, he's going to be a hundred. Um, uh, great video that I posted up onto our Facebook page, uh, the Bullshit Filler Facebook page, the other day. Um, you know, he's basically saying this is a, a, a colossal failure. Of the mm-hmm. free market system and uh, neoliberalism, he's not. He's only only, only ninety one. No, uh, it's not too bad. He's looking old, looking like yeah. a man in his nineties. Um, yeah. But yeah, talking about the fact that it's a, fac- a massive failure, and it gets back to the Chinese thing again, right? They're like the Chinese mm-hmm. man, they know how to shut this shit down. Um, in the West, no fucking idea where the 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 capitalist free market with our ineffective governments uh, basically have failed, failed us. And mm. there's not enough talk about that, I think, in the media. I guess we'll probably get to that maybe eventually. But I think this has to be seen as a massive, colossal failure 
on behalf right. of uh, democracy and capitalism to be prepared and to yeah. manage something like this effectively. Yeah, not well, not everything is, okay, something good or bad has happened. How can I make money out of it? And I don't want to jump too far because I'm sure you, you've, you've thought a lot about this and you've written out notes, but it, it, as far as America and Australia is concerned, you know, I mean, do I have the right to go outside? Does the government have the right to tell me that I can't go outside? Do I have the right to do to a certain degree, whatever I want, um, even though I'm risking others in the state? I mean, at what point, cause you, cause I'm sure you can find plenty of videos of people out in America doing stupid things, videotaping themselves, licking things, or just being out and about when they're not supposed to. So, so where's that fine line between my right as an individual given to me by the constitution versus the overall good of the state and others th that I country with. I, I think that's a question that's probably either being examined now or going to be examined. You know, you can't tell me what to do or can you, you know, wh where, where does the line at? Yeah, I saw an article by uh, some American dude, uh, some law professor from Arizona, mm -hmm. I think, uh, earlier in, that he wrote earlier in the year, like when the the uh, Chinese were going into shutdown. Let mm -hmm. me see who this guy was. Uh, James Hodge Jr. Yeah, Hodge. That's him. Hodge. Yeah, yeah where well, he said, oh, we could never do that here. J Director of the Center for Public Health Law and Policy at Arizona State University said, he's talking about the Chinese shutdown. This is on the 22nd of January in the New York Times. He said the shutdown would almost certainly lead to human rights violations and would be patently unconstitutional in the United States. Um, but what if I have it and I go out because I have the right to go out and I give it to other people risking their lives, maybe even end up killing, contributing to the death of someone? I mean, they have constitutional rights too. I would think not to be have their life risked. You know, it's, it's that your rights versus my rights versus the rights of the state to protect itself. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, I don't believe Trump has yet declared martial law. But if and when he does, uh, uh, how does that how does suspending habeas corpus uh, take effect? Mm -hmm. Then I, I think your rights basically go out the window. Which is yeah. effectively what we're doing with all of this kind of stuff is uh, suspending our constitutions. Uh, Australia doesn't really have a Bill of Rights. Uh, we have a constitution, but not a Bill of Rights. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not as much of an issue here. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating how quickly we're prepared to throw all that stuff out the window. We, we criticize other countries, as this guy did, criticize China when they did it. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, we're happy to do it just as quickly if need be. Um, speaking of China, uh, so my mother sent me a video, God bless her soul. Um, <laughs> not the one of the Australian in the, in the, in the white house going, get it in your cunt. Yeah. I love that. That's so love funny. That, yeah. Vegemite <laughs> motherfuckers. If you haven't seen that What's he video. Saying? Can't he, can't he speak English? <laughs> that was hilarious. Anyway. He's speaking. He's speaking Australian, sir. 
What do all of you speak Australian? Everybody um, but me. No, this is video. So one of the things that's doing the rounds at the moment, of, and you've seen this, we've all seen this, is uh, even Tommy the Mock has been posting this kind of nonsense, is this suggestion that... Uh, a, that the China was either behind this. There's a form of bio-warfare that came out of mm-hmm. Wuhan because Wuhan does, in fact, have a a, uh, a lab that's designed to study and analyse biological uh, diseases like this. There's a mm-hmm. suggestion going around that this was manufactured, even though... From what I've seen, all of the evidence uh, seems to suggest that it's uh, a disease that emerged out of nature, that it's not manufactured. Right. The other the other suggestion is that China's lying to the world about the fact that they've stopped it, that in fact they haven't stopped it. It's running rampant through China. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a video that my mum sent me starring a guy called Guo Wengai, who is a, the video says, oh, this guy's a Chinese doctor and he's talking about, oh, they haven't stopped it at all. In fact, they've just got hundreds of mobile incineration trucks backing up to Chinese hospitals and they're just throwing bodies down chutes into right. these incineration trucks and killing, you know, just burning thousands and thousands of bodies every day so there's no evidence of it. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting thing is this guy, Guo Wengai, fled to the United States in 2014 after getting wind that he was about to be arrested by the Chinese. Uh, there were allegations against him for bribing, kidnapping, money laundering, fraud and rape. He's now mm. a member of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. And, and the best people. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Hey, that's not bad. That's pretty yeah, good. You. Yeah, you've been practicing. That's what you're doing with your time off. Front of the mirror. Listen, exactly. I can't spend time with you doing jigsaw puzzles, family. I've got to, got to nail down my Trump impersonation. That's right. Right. Yeah. Well, it was a thousand-piece puzzle. I really didn't want to get involved with that. And as soon as they finished it, the dog knocked over the table. The puzzle went flying. I ran out of the house just because it's okay, my okay, dog. Okay, okay, Back to Guo Wengai. So, anyway, I'm done. There, it, like it's possible, of course, that this guy yeah. is telling the truth and that he knows something that the rest of the world doesn't know. But we mm-hmm. have to really be careful here. It does seem to me that uh, the US is building up this anti China propaganda still uh, to either justify some form of a cold or even possibly hot war with China or at the very least, just to turn China into the new bad guy so they can keep building boy. up the, the Pentagon yeah. budget, as we've talked about in the yes. past. You know, and mm-hmm. I was reminding my mother and my sisters, because my mother posted this on our family chat, about the Nasiriyah testimony, uh, Iraq, 1990. We've talked about this. Remember the, the, the young girl mm-hmm. who got up in the UN and said the uh, Iraqi troops are throwing babies out of humidity cribs? Um, right. and uh, Kuwaiti babies out of humidity cribs and the world was shocked, shocked, I tell you, yes. shocked. <laughs> and it was used to justify uh, Gulf War One, etc., etc., etc. And it was only many years later that we all found out that the 15-year-old girl who gave this talk, who was just described as a Kuwaiti girl, 
she turns right. turns out she was the daughter of the Kuwaiti ambassador to the United States, and that the entire thing was invented by the PR firm Hill and Knowlton, who yeah. were paid millions of dollars by the Kuwaiti opposition to get the US involved in a war with Iraq. So fucking insane. Well, yeah. that that's the sort of propaganda war or hybrid war is the term that gets used these days, and we, we've talked about that before mm-hmm. on this show. It's this kind of uh, economic slash military slash propaganda war that is sort of the, the main modus operandi now, uh, not just for the US, but I think the same for China and for Russia and all, all the major players. It's right. how do you launch a war you, and using disinformation and manipulating the internet and con- creating confusion and all of that kind of stuff we've talked about in the past. We're seeing that build up again, I think, in, in the US and, and to a lesser extent, I'm sure, in, in allied countries like Australia and the UK and Canada. Turning, turning the Chinese into the bad guys, demonizing the Chinese. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, we should expect to see a whole bunch of fake news hitting us, uh, basically trying to get us to believe that the Chinese yeah. are the devil. They have to be stopped. We have to stop them. They're so bad. And here's so many examples of how they're bad. Yeah. Again, I've said this before, and I firmly believe this. America isn't quite comfortable. We, we don't know how to be if we don't have an enemy. I think we got that from the Cold War. So I'm not saying it's unique among America or whatever. I don't think it's part of who we naturally are. But World War II, Cold War, I just think we better, we, we, we can gauge our ourselves or judge ourselves up against someone versus just doing a good job internally. I really do believe America just besides the Pentagon, the money and the budgets, which I completely agree with. But I just think America, culturally speaking, we just need to pit ourselves against something or we're ju- we just we just feel lost. I, I truly do believe that. Yeah, look, I th- yeah, as you say, I don't think it's unique to America. I think uh, humans generally, mm-hmm. uh, we, 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 we've been engineered by evolution to f- have a, a certain degree of xenophobia, fear of the stranger, fear of the other. And it made sense yeah. for, for most of human history because the tribe that lived across the valley probably did want to come and rape your women and take your shit and kill you. Um, but that gets manipulated. It's it's very easy yes. to tap into that kind of fear. People jump on board really quickly, and it's used not just in terms of foreigners, but even domestically. Like you look at, oh yes, you know uh, Trump derangement syndrome, which is a real thing, and uh, people are just uh, crazy. Like Markham constantly posting just crazy shit about Trump. Uh, they're yeah. obsessed. All they can see is Trump, Trump, and it's easy. Like it's, it's too hard. Like I, I've been telling David, and I've been saying on this show for you know the last however many years since Trump got elected, Trump's not the problem. Trump's the symptom of the right. problem. The underlying problem is, well, a combination of psychopaths and you know capitalism. Those two things combined, psychopaths with a lot of money and power that are manipulating the system 
to enable them to increase their wealth and their power and, and fucking over the masses. That's, I would say that's the fundamental problem. And Trump's a symptom of mm. that. The fact that you end up with a guy like Trump or a party like the GOP or a party like the Democrats, like Joe Biden, like, fuck me, Ukraine <laughs> Joe. Like, just appalling. The fact that he is being positioned as the the saviour, yes. fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know That's if you saw this. It's the best we've got. It's the best we've got. Go ahead. Did you see my little uh, my blurb the other day about uh, his family and how he's how he's doing quarantine? No, I missed that. Markham linked to this article. Uh, it was a, it was a, like a video interview on CNN, right? Uh, Biden talking about coronavirus and whatever, and uh, he was talking about how he and his wife are you know doing the lockdown, and mm-hmm. uh, the article says. For Biden, that means calls with family and the occasional visit from a couple of grandkids who live nearby and walk over to say hello. He was like, well, you know, the kids, you know, they they don't live far from us, the grandkids. So they walk down and we we sit down on the back porch and we've got some chairs on the lawn that they sit on and we talk from a distance. And, you know, they tell me about their day and blah, blah, blah. I continued it by saying Hunter comes over with his latest stripper girlfriend, baby mama. <laughs> and they do a few lines of coke on a mirror, which Joe keeps at least six feet away at all, from him at all times. Then he tells Joe about the latest dodgy deal he's done with a corrupt oligarch in a developing country so they can buy access to the possible next president of the United States. And Joe pretends not to hear anything he said for reasons of plausible deniability. And right. I put it all in inverted commas and Markham goes... That's nonsense. You put that in inverted commas. Show me where that quote is. <laughs> like it's a real he's, fucking thing. <laughs> he's a warrior. He's ready to go. He's ready to mix it up. But just the yeah. way, like it just it boggles my mind the way that still Biden's being positioned in uh, the U- yes. most of the US media as this uh, uh, saint. Right. And he, he's obviously dirty as fuck. Right. There are no good guys. There are no guys or women coming in on a white stallion to save us. You pick the least bad. You hold them accountable. You certainly need term limits. You watch them. You let the press hopefully occasionally investigate and keep their, you know, keep their feet to the fire. I mean, that's as good as it's going to get unless you can change the entire system. They're all out for themselves because it benefits them so much. Why wouldn't they be out for themselves? So so the idea that Biden's the guy who's going to rescue us or or whatever is just absolutely ridiculous. And he needs to keep his hands off of everybody. So there's this. Have you heard of uh, Tara Reid, Biden and Tara Reid? No. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. You haven't heard of it. Oh, OK. No. There's this woman called Tara Reid who was a, a staffer, a Biden staffer. Uh, Here we go. Quite a few years ago, I think, like in the early 90s. She's come forward and saying that he sexually assaulted her in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Um, Like slammed himself into her and started trying to kiss her and stuck his hands down her her skirt and was grabbing her by the pussy and all this kind of stuff. Damn. Right. Uh, She's basically been shut down by the media. Uh, She's getting pretty much zero mainstream media uh, coverage as far as I can see. She has been interviewed by uh, Democracy Now! 
uh, Amy Goodman. Mm-hmm. She's been interviewed by a couple of the like online only leftist media organizations. But uh, yeah, basically, you're not going to see much about her in the news at all. Because they're, they're, I mean, they're basically saying, oh, she has no credibility. They're shutting her down. Right. Now, the The whole point. Yeah. Well, the whole point of the Me Too movement was supposedly that uh, we took women making these claims, particularly against powerful men, seriously. Right. Right. Because typically in the past, they've always been shut down as, oh, no, not credible. You know, they've got a grudge or they just want the publicity or they want money or whatever it is. This is the word versus hers. Right. This is the way that women making these claims have already been shut down. Now, she claims she went to the Time's Up uh, organization that was set up to support women making these claims and Mm -hmm. they said they couldn't afford to uh, support her in this she claims that she she went to she went to elizabeth warren elizabeth warren uh didn't get on board she went to kamala harris kamala harris didn't get on board she's turned to all of these people that supposedly are there to support the the rights of uh women particularly in, in this case women have been sexually abused and uh, nothing. She's getting nowhere. Yeah. Katie Halper, who does a podcast, right. a journalist who does a podcast with Matt Taibbi, she did an interview with her. The Intercept have, have covered the story, Democracy Now!, as I said. But, uh, you know, go do a search of the mainstream media for Tara Reid. You'll find bupkis. Nothing. Right. They're not talking about it. Now, why? Seems to me that this is very much... Uh, like as as I've been saying for the last however many months about the whole Ukraine thing, you know that when mm-hmm. whenever the Ukraine Hunter Biden story got any mention in the media, they immediately said, "But there's no evidence to support these allegations, the unsupported allegations." Right. And I'm like, well, maybe do an investigation first, and then we'll see if there's any evidence to support it. <laughs> Same thing. The, the the mainstream media completely. Uh, just uh, I don't know, not whitewashing, but just right. just rallying to support Biden. Yes, even in yes. this sort of Me Too era, uh, nothing doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The hatred for Trump tops Me Too for now. Everybody's decided that Biden's the guy, so we got to back him, no blemishes. And I can't, and I'm, there might be, but I can't name one person, one Democratic candidate who was running, who has now dropped out, that has not endorsed Biden. So all these people are gotten on board. He is the chosen one. He's the one that we've decided is going to go up against Trump. There can be no dirt on him, no matter what. And it, for now, maybe after the election, if he loses, she can get some traction then. But he is the chosen one. Nothing is allowed to stick to him, not his gaffes, not anything. We have to ride this shit out and put him up against Trump as clean as we possibly can. End of story. <sighs> Tell me, I mean, I mean, it's yeah. Do you, do you, what do you think about that? Because it's just we've decided he's the guy. Yeah, but it's just like, I mean, just more evidence of the hypocrisy, um, not just oh, yes. with the Democrats themselves, but with the the, the so-called leftist media right. in the United States. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is even you know the right 
writers to media don't seem to be picking up on this story either, like Fox News. I, I yeah. think, you know, I, I've come to the conclusion that Biden has a hit squad. That's why all of these stories don't get... He got Hillary's, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to die. Fuck, I'm going to die. It's like the media is terrified of giving Biden uh, any negative coverage about all of these stories. Um, Not to mention like his long history of shit in Delaware. And and I've talked about this before, all of the the money laundering that goes on in Delaware and and the, uh, you know, the hidden accounts and all of this kind of stuff. Um, I prefer to think of it as creative finance, finances, but that's fine. A fi- creative accounting, I yeah. think, is the term I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, did we, we, yeah, like uh, sticking slightly on the whole coronavirus money thing. Right. The, the Australia, I talked about the U.S. government, the trillions that you're just caught coming up with out of nowhere. The Australian government has announced $189 billion in aid. Um, oh, nice. Uh, well, yeah, although I'm going to have one of our listeners, uh, I think, on the show over the course of the next week, Kane, who runs a jewellery. You remember Kane? Do you remember Kane from uh, Sydney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you remember about him? Yes. What does he do? Uh, I just remembered he, and this is going to sound strange, and this is not sexual as far as you know. To me, he looked like a 1940s movie star. Yeah, that's, that's him. That's why I remember yeah. him. Yeah, good yeah, looking. yeah. See? Yeah, handsome, There was good some looking. sexual attraction. I, I lied. There was some sexual attraction. Yeah, of course anyway. there was. Of course there was. Natural. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kane, Kane runs a number of jewelry stores, and um, right. you know, he and I have been chatting about how effective the bailout packages are or may not be for small businesses right. like his. So <clears throat> I wanted to come on and talk about that. But um, it's it's so funny to me because nine months... So Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister, you know, our, our government in Australia, the coalition government is uh, on the ex- sort of extreme right in terms of mm-hmm. uh, fuck the poor people, fuck the asylum seekers, even though Scott Morrison is an uh, outspoken evangelical Christian, a video leaked of him today, yeah, yeah. the other day that he was like uh, praying to God to, you know, take <laughs> care of his cabinet and the Australian people during this time. Oh. Like, yeah, you know, God was like, hey, uh, shit, I, uh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I didn't notice that there was this pandemic. Sorry, I was, uh, right. you know, for, they've got friends up on Netflix now. And I was just, I, 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 I got so Benjamin, sucked into baby. this whole story yeah. and. Chandler's hilarious. Anyway, oh, Rachel and and fucking what, Ross. What Ross. are they going to do? Yeah, off they, again, oh, off again. Oh, Make up your mind. And I totally yeah. spaced, and then I, I I missed the fact that there was a fucking <laughs> pandemic. But thank you now that you've brought it to my attention. Right through your uh, prayers. I'm not going to do that much about it. Uh, I'm still going to just kill you know millions of you, but yeah, because it's about time. You know, I, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've okay. unleashed a yeah. pandemic, a plague. Upon both your houses. Uh, honestly, I'm in a Thanos mood. Yeah. I think we need to call the herd. Why yeah, so. didn't we call it the Thanos virus? That's what I want to know. Like, oh, uh, TM. Somebody uh, flagged right. that on Facebook to me recently. It should have been called the Thanos virus. Really? Barry and yeah. Stan sleep at the wheel. They so should have got on that shit. Uh, yeah, they're watching Friends too. Anyway, or, or the Tiger King. Nine months ago, Scott Morrison, our prime minister, that people were trying to get him to increase our unemployment 
benefits. It's called New Start ah, in here. And okay. he said the coalition government would not engage in unfunded empathy. Uh, but in the last couple of weeks, he's come up with $190 billion in unfunded empathy. Uh, I just found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's but the it's, it's the, I think as I said in last week's show, just the evident hypocrisy uh, that's been exposed as a result of yes. all of this. Yes. We can't afford to do anything about climate change. We can't afford to do anything about unemployment benefits. We can't afford to do anything about this or that or that. Until Virus. all of a sudden we just decide, oh, Whoa. well, we can do something now. I mean, we, we can invent money if we have to invent money. Don't get me wrong. Right. We can do it. We've always been able to do it. Well, at least in, ever since we moved to fiat currency. We can, yes. we can just create money out of nothing now. Uh, the U.S. has been doing it for a decade now, well over a decade mm-hmm. Uh, in Australia, we, we've just started, but we've always had the facility to do it. We could have been doing quantitative easing. Many other governments in the West have been doing it in the last 10 years. So we can never again let politicians tell us, oh, we don't have the money. We can't afford uh-huh. to do that. Because, right. you know, uh, and if you haven't heard of, I think we have talked about modern monetary theory before. Have you? Do you remember us talking about that on this show? Vaguely, I remember topic yeah we we brought it up uh, i think when we were talking about china and qe and that kind of stuff we may not have gone into it too much detail but basically it's this new economic theory relatively new but we we by by printing trillions of dollars that we've now just accepted it as being um the dominant yeah. monetary theory i think it's called mmt or mmtp modern monetary theory and practice Basically, talks about using fiat currency to save, you know, to fix all of your problems. And you know, right. as we talked about when we talked about QE last week and, and previously on the China series, one of the fears of just printing money has always been that it will lead to inflation. It'll devalue money and lead to inflation. Um, mm-hmm. MMT basically says no. The government can just issue as much money as it wants. And uh, it's it's not going to create inflation. We can, you know, we'll get around Good it. Theory. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the government's not going to compete with the private sector and it's basically just going to, uh, you know, use this money to fix things. So it, uh, you know, we governments can't tell us ever again, sorry, we don't have the money to do this, that or the other. They've just proven mm-hmm. that that's... that's Fake argument, bullshit argument. We can just right. create as much money as we want. Right. We just don't want to. Yeah. 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 We, it, it's them. it's all they about it's all about policy. You know, what right. do we want to what do we want to create money to for, and what do we not want to create money for? There's no such thing Priorities. really as budgets anymore. Anytime you hear governments talk about budgets, oh, <laughs> or, or, or that it's bullshit. I mean, it, yeah. I think by creating money like this, you are increasing deficits um, mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you this money has got to show up on a balance sheet somewhere. But it right. uh, doesn't really matter, you know. We can just yeah. do whatever the fuck we want. 
and it'll be all be okay as MMT theory. I mean, I don't know enough about it, but I, I haven't I haven't drilled down it. Tony's mentioned it briefly. I've read high level stuff, but this is just this. We can print money theory now. Print money as much as we want. Well, you and I live on a budget because we have to, but the government, because they can print money, doesn't have to, and they have, I guess, credit. Unless the entire country falls, the money's good, so they'll just do what the fuck they want. Or not, if they don't. I'll have to get an economist to come on and explain MMT like to us in uh, more detail. What? Because, uh, like, uh, you know, the, 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 like Bill Gates is saying we should have a, uh, we should prepare for a pandemic like we prepare for war. We should be doing the same thing. Well, you keep talking about the moon landing uh, approach to solving the virus. We should be doing the right. same thing with climate change, right? Let's just, okay, whatever it takes. You need, imagine if the US government had printed $4 trillion just to throw at uh, climate change in the last 10 years. All right, $4 trillion. Right. We've just made that available for any business that can you know, help us create... Uh, more sustainable forms of energy, etc., uh, etc. Et yeah, let's go. Hey, yeah. Elon Musk, if we just gave you $4 trillion, what could you do to uh, invent <laughs> shit that we need? Right. You know, Elon Musk, give him $4 trillion in like three weeks, boom, problem solved. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, oh, no, we don't have yeah. the money, we don't have the money. Fucking bullshit. Right, yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, Venezuela's back in the news. Oh, my God. So as if the world doesn't have enough fucking problems. Right. The uh, US has now declared that uh, Maduro and a number of other Venezuelan leaders are basically drug smugglers. They've been indicted right. and they're gearing up for an invasion. Now, last week, a Venezuelan defector was caught trying to smuggle a shipment of U.S. weapons into Venezuela. Oh. And when they asked him why, he said, oh, well, the U.S. want us to assassinate Maduro. Right. The next Did day... Did you want the truth? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next day, uh, it was when the U.S. declared Maduro was a drug smuggler and that they had indicted him. Coincidentally, the day after the guy... <laughs> right. Was captured and uh, blabbed. Wow. The US came out and said, "Oh well, uh, yeah, we we're meaning to tell you we've declared that he's a <laughs> he's a drug yeah. smuggler, and we're going to take yeah. him out." I know we have. I know we're doing a pandemic right now, and hundreds of whatever thousands of people might have dubbed, but this is important. Uh, this guy has been a drug smuggler since 1999 when he first was elected to Congress. He's a plague no pun intended, on the earth, he's got to be taken out, and we were just trying to facilitate that. Yeah. Thanks very much. So, you know, this is... Uh, they're tenacious. Got to give them that. They've been trying right. now for well, 20 years to take control of Venezuela. Um, we're not very good at it. They're still not... at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have jurisdiction over Venezuela? I'm a little fuzzy. On, I guess no, because that's why the guns were being smuggled in. Well, you know, according to the, is it which, which doctrine? Monroe doctrine. Monroe, Monroe doctrine. yeah, Maryland. Oh, we do. We yeah. gave ourselves the right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
as if the world doesn't have enough fucking problems. You wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, Venezuela, only 143 confirmed cases, three deaths. Uh, I'm not sure how widespread their testing, etc., is. Right. But, uh, you know, the last thing anyone needs to worry of is a full-scale U.S. invasion. Uh, and I read this morning that the U.S. have got Navy ships off the coast of Venezuela now. So Jeez. it's it's they're, they're determined to yeah. take it over now. Of course, what the other thing mm-hmm. that's happening, which may or may not have heard, is uh, oil. The price of oil has collapsed from yes. I think uh, around sixty dollars a barrel a few months ago to less than twenty dollars a barrel. I think now. Jeez. Uh, today it's up a little bit. WTI crude is up to twenty one twenty five today. I think it was down to about nineteen a couple of days ago. So I think I mentioned this on a show a while back. Might have been QAV though. So uh, OPEC uh, and Russia kind of mm-hmm. had a deal on propping up the oil price. And then right. recently they met to talk about continuing that by limiting the amount of supply is how you prop up the price. Russia basically said, nah, we're not going to do that anymore. We, 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 we need the money. We're going to drop it. We're yeah. going to sell as much as we can for whatever price we can get. So then Saudi Arabia went into a price war with Russia and prices started to plummet. Now... This affects the U.S. because, uh, you know, we've talked about in the past, the U.S. via shale oil had become one of the largest oil producers in the world. And Mm -hmm. uh, apparently this is going to bankrupt the U.S. shale oil industry if prices stay down this low because a lot of them are... very highly leveraged these companies and uh, they can't afford to stay in business if oil prices are down around $20 a barrel. This is what I've heard. Now, so, so yeah. the timing of this is is genius. Uh, the US was becoming a major threat to both OPEC and Russia uh, in terms of oil. Uh, and then the coronavirus hits, collapses the global economy for a start. So... The amount of oil right. being sold is going to drop. Businesses are going to be doing it t- tough as it is. Then they're doubled down by deliberately crashing the oil price. Some people suspect deliberately to try and destroy the U.S. shale oil mm-hmm. industry. Right. Now, uh, Venezuela, as you will remember, is one of the world's largest oil producing countries along with mm-hmm. uh, Iraq, which the U.S. already, well, ha- has controlled for the last 10 or so years, but now seems to be losing. Um, and Iran, which they're continually trying to take over as well. Venezuela is one of the world's largest exporters of oil and has 20% of the global reserves. Well, it did as of 2012. Uh, so, yeah, I think we can safely assume that the reason the U.S. is trying to up its efforts to take over Venezuela right now is that it wants to get its hand on its hands on that oil. 
Yes. That sweet, sweet crude. But again, and, we, and I just have to say this real quick. Uh, we mentioned this on the drug series that one, if pot had been available across the country, say for the last 10, 20 years, um, maybe less people would be doing coke, but we wouldn't have to worry about cocaine allegedly coming in from Venezuela if, there's, if there weren't so many people in America wanting it so bad to make it worth the risk to get it here by breaking international laws and getting arrested. So again, you can blame these other guys as much as you want, but there's a lot that we could be doing back home to negate this supposed cocaine, whatever you want to call it, conspiracy against us. Um, it, it's just ridiculous. But again, this is all trumped up because we want the oil because one day the prices will bounce back and we want our hands, hands on all of Venezuela's oil. Yeah, well, on all the oil you can get your hands on. Well, one, one thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole, oh, he's a cocaine smuggler thing. Really? It's just getting so old and tired and boring. Like we, right. we've, in a drug series, Standard. we talked about the fact that marijuana dealers and marijuana smokers were vilified for a century in the US. And yeah. now increasingly everyone's like, yeah, so what? It's just weed, man. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, I know that cocaine sure. isn't exactly weed, but we know that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just a drug. It's just a drug. It's not crystal meth. Um, You're not going to kill your family. Yeah. Heroin, cocaine, if people want to do it, let them fucking do it. You know, if if they're addicted to it and it becomes a problem in their lives, give them medical and psychological, psychiatric support. Yeah. It's just a drug. Like, stop fucking... evil. Stop thinking that we give a shit. Every time I see the headlines in Australia, oh, the police nabbed... You know, a fucking supply of cocaine. And I was like, really? You don't have anything better to do with your time than go after (laughs) guys that are just trying to sell something that people obviously want? You know, they're trying to sell something that people want. Oh, my God. Stop uh, stop the fucking presses. Right. Yeah. Just like, when are we going to get over this bullshit on the war on drugs, man? Like, it's everyone knows it's fucking fake news bullshit. And the media... Here's the other thing about the media. Whenever the media covers the stories about this, um, I'm sure it's the same there as it is here. You don't see any. You don't see the media going, "Well, the police stopped a shipment of cocaine worth a million dollars." But of course, everyone knows the war on drugs is fucking bullshit. So, uh, who gives a shit? Don't you have anything Next. better to do with your time? Really? Like we're going right. into a global yeah. fucking economic pandemic shutdown. Surely uh, you should be out there doing something more useful with your time rather than trying to stop people from selling something that people obviously want to buy. Badly. Like, you know, the yes. media, you know, where's that in the media? Where's where's the media going, but of course, the, the war on drugs is well known to be a complete waste of fucking time and money, so why are we still bothering? Yeah. Do you ever see that? Do you ever see that story, that part of the narrative I, in the media? Why not? I have not. Believe it or not, I have not. No, that's why people have to write books about it just to get the information about out about it because the fucking news media aren't going to do that because it's, I guess, not in their interest to do so. But anyways, look um, here. Let me let me grab a story. Uh, fucking here, Yahoo News Australia, eighteenth of March, twenty twenty. Uh, blah 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 blah. Cocaine, cocaine, cocaine. Uh, last year, authorities seized 433 tons of cocaine, 
more than half of that God. by the Navy, though production was estimated to be more than a 1,000 tonnes. Oh, it's talking about uh, our Navy? I think so. Um, no, it's Columbia. No, it's about Columbia. Okay, forget that story. Um, here we go. Sydney Morning Herald, 5th of August, 2019. Cocaine supply from South Africa quenching Australia's drug thirst, according to the Australian <laughs> Criminal Intelligence Commission. Australia's growing thirst for cocaine is increasingly being met by organised crime groups supplying the drugs through South Africa. The Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission says the nation's drug users are consuming more than four tonnes of cocaine every year, the majority of which originates in Colombia but travels to Australia from South Africa. Last month, police descended on the sleepy town of Bungendore in the state's southwest to find almost 400 kilograms of the drug concealed inside an excavator. Meanwhile, Australia's widening demographic of cocaine users is clocking a record number of arrests for consuming the illicit substance. On and on and on and on. Yeah. None of it says, uh, well, hold on. So you're saying the market for cocaine is going up. Obviously, very popular. Right. People like right. it. Good. Right. It's a great, they've got a great product. Can uh, some more, please? No, advertising. Yeah. I don't see any TV ads, billboard ads, <laughs> cinema advertising. They've got a product. Girls with T-shirts. Yeah, right. no right. advertising required and sales are going up. I would say we need to get them into business schools up. and going like, what, just yeah. tell us what you're doing. <laughs> Obviously, they go, well, it's, at the end of the day, it just comes down. It's like Apple. Just have a high quality product, good customer service, uh, mm-hmm. you know, treat your customers well. That's what we say. Right. And, 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 you know, well, business will take care of itself. You know, you don't need right. to advertise if you've got a good quality product. Word goes mouth, on and on friend. and on about drug traffickers and people arrested, blah, blah. Not a single fucking word in this article says, but of course, on the other hand, we all know the war on drugs is fucking bullshit and a waste of time and has never fucking worked. So why are we still fucking bothering? What's wrong with you people? Snap out of it. You know, nothing. The media doesn't ever, well, not that I've seen, give you that perspective when it's it's jerking off all over itself on these fucking stories. Oh, illicit drugs and data reports and billions of dollars and tons and yeah, coming all over right. itself with these stories. Budgets. There's no right. one here talking about the fact, but of course, uh, you know some of some of the, my some of my friends do coke at least once or twice a week and they're fine and you know right. <laughs> like there's Don't no you know kick. <laughs> yeah, uh, just go. Why? Anyway. Budgets, it's about money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a bullshit filter for this week. Oh, <laughs> hold on. I forgot to play this. Oh, no, that's for another show that we're doing. Um, no, don't worry. That's for tomorrow's show. I've got a new soundbite. I'll just leave you with this. Oh, you're my wife now. <laughs> I guess when it starts pissing rain in here, you know who to blame, huh? <laughs> Now, I know words circulate. Indians kill the family on the Spearfish Road. Now, it's not for me to tell anyone in this camp what to do. Much as I don't want more people getting their throats cut, their scalp flipped, or any other godless thing that these godless, bloodthirsty heathens do, or even if someone wants to ride out in darkest night. But I will tell you this. I'd use tonight to get myself organized. Right out in the morning, clear-headed, and starting tomorrow morning, I will offer a personal $50 bounty. 
For every decapitated head, he has as many of these godless heathen cocksuckers as anyone can bring in tomorrow with no upper limit. That's all I say on that subject. Sick Nets rounds on the house. God rest the souls of that poor family. Pussy's half price, next 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that does it for me.